Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. You know, when I was born on the 5th of May, 1982, in Manly Hospital, I just brought this up accidentally, but it's very helpful. (laughs) In Manly Hospital, I don't know, it's some hour in the morning to this gorgeous woman sitting here today. Her life looked very different. I was, she was addicted to drugs and in a relationship and had a very abusive life. My mum growing up, one that even when I think about causes me tears. And she had shot out of the hospital to get high because she couldn't manage the pain and had come back. And I was being born and And I remember on my baptism, when I was around 10 years old, I had, um, through a series of events, I had experienced a type of abuse in my life that had left me not being able to think about anything but nightmares at night time. So this abuse was outside of my family, and it had left me with repetitive dreams that were demonic, essentially, causing huge amounts of fear to come into my life. So I said, I need to get baptized. I want to get baptized. I don't know if you've ever been in a place in your life, whether you're a child or an adult, where something on you, you know, is unclean, and you you crave the purity of Jesus. And you know, and you may know here today that there's actually no drug and that can get rid of nightmares. <laughs> there's no prescription that can get into the subconscious of your mind and erase all of that stuff. So I knew I needed to get baptized. And when I got baptized um, beautifully, we had a series of prophecies that people had prepared. And I don't remember many of them, but I remember this one prophecy. And it was about the 5th of May, 1982, the day I was born. And a man said this prophecy to me, Pritchard was his last name. I can't remember his first. But he said, the day you were born, I saw saw the room in which you were born and I saw the enemy laughing with joy. As you were born, he thought to himself, what a weapon I have for my kingdom. Because I was born in darkness. I was born in oppression. I was born in the grave. I was born in the tomb. I was born in pain. I was born in dysfunction. So the enemy thought, what a sure bet. And he looked at my personality. He looked up at the making of my life, crafted in the hand of God. He saw my talents and all of these things. And he thought, what a weapon. But lo and behold, there was another story at play. And there is always another story at play. And it was the kingdom of God and it was God's intention. And from the day I was born... There, is, there was a relentless pursuit for my family to come into the kingdom of heaven. And I know that God delights in turning things that which are, seem impossible to be possible. Now, I work, and, I, and you would have seen me here last week with a baby. I, I'm very passionate about being involved in people's lives where there's hopelessness. And when you work inside of social services organizations, honestly, it just feels impossible. Like, how are we ever going to make a difference? How are we ever going to change a generational cycle? Um, And for me, my mom 
got saved, but um, thankfully, but her mum was not saved. Not only was she from a dysfunctional home, so was her mother from a dysfunctional home because trauma begets trauma and you pass on, you know, all of this stuff. So it becomes very difficult to break. But God is always at play doing the impossible. And there is, I'm telling you, there is nothing on the face of the earth that can fix trauma, pain, brokenness, darkness. There is nothing other than Jesus Christ. We can learn how to handle it. We can learn strategies. And I'm all for those things. And I'm absolutely pumped that there are many people here today who work in this area of giving people a life jacket to survive, you know, the the drowning storm that they're in. But ultimately, to have our hearts and our minds cured and set free, we have to meet Jesus Christ and be restored back to the truth of who we are. And as we do that, just the deep glory that it brings God. It says in the Word of the God that angels look at our lives and they marvel at the work of redemption. There is no redemption in heaven. Angels are created to serve God and they either continue doing that or make a decision not to. And we all know the story about the ones that decided not to, but there is no redemption for them. But for us, made in the image of God and the likeness of who He is, we carry redemption. It's the most um, marvelous, spectacular, awe-inspiring thing that we have, that even the angels look on and see the redemption of our hearts and minds, and they are in awe of what God has done. And so I'm saying that because there's also... Um, obviously, even in the spiritual world and in the natural, there is a huge honor as God is glorified through the redemption of our lives. It's just, it says in the Word of God too that it brings, it's, it brings glory to His name. As we just let Him pull our lives together, as we let Him deal with the impossible to make it possible, He is given the glory. I saw Tamika standing here today. I don't know if you heard Tamika's story not long ago. She was born into a very hopeless situation where she was abandoned on the side of the road and her beautiful mom found her, I think, on the way walking to work and picked her up and raised her and through raising her, brought her to New Zealand and brought not only to New Zealand to Topor and now this mighty Wahini stands here leading us in worship. But I'm telling you, there were two stories at play in her life. One was rejection, abandonment, brokenness, loneliness. But there is always another narrative at play. And it's the kingdom of God. And He delights in redeeming our lives. Not just for eternity, but redeeming our lives so that the narrative changes and He gets the glory. And I just want to remind some parents here today. You know, it takes time. You know, I was born into... A very, very messy world, a a world many of you may be familiar with or many of you may not, but it was a world of um, drug addiction and, oh, I mean, I don't need to name it all. It's not pretty. We hate going back and looking at it because it seems so foreign and it's just so 
not healthy, but anyone who's in drug addiction, anyone who's in a very messy lifestyle, you're right, we're all only there because we're hurting and because we're really just trying to get a break from the pain. We're just trying to get a moment's breath to come up and just figure some stuff out or just to be able to sleep or dull down what's going on. See, anyone who's got a messy lifestyle, if you're here and you've got a messy lifestyle today, it's totally okay. We understand. But it's generally just because there's so much going on in here but it takes a lot of time. Victory is something that we're given so that we walk through the journey to gain it. Why would we ever do something when we're not guaranteed results? <laughs> it's not trial by error in the kingdom of God. And why we preach His victory every week is to encourage you, keep going, keep figuring it out, keep learning, keep going through the process of your heart. And for me, and, and being born into that scenario, it wasn't an overnight fix. My mom did so much work. She's still doing work. She's never going to stop doing work because of what she's been through. Her gift to me is it's so much easier. I have such a little bit more, a little less amount of work to do. But it takes time to get your victory. You gotta keep going, you gotta rise up every day and you gotta walk through it. But the reason you do it is because victory's on the other side, because freedom is there and it's not an illusion. It's not a carrot at the end of the stick. It's not something that um, you get whether you're good at processing or good at letting God into your heart. It's not based on that. It's just based on showing up. So I want to encourage some people here this morning who are turning their lives around. We are so damn proud of you. Keep going. It takes time. And I know that partly why you're here in this church and I'm your pastor so that I can remind you it is going to turn out like this, not like me, but like, but I'm fulfilling the call of God on my life. I'm, I'm healed up. I'm whole. Things have worked out and keep going. It will work out and keep going. God is turning your life around. Don't give up. Give yourself a break. It takes time. I know we preach about victory. I know we preach all of these things. It's to remind you to keep going, to get up and process the pain, be present in the pain. Don't shove it down into the baggage of your life. Bring it up. Make it real. Deal with it and um, get through it. And then you can come up here and preach about it. Amen? Come on, people. We've got some My Jesus is coming soon. I know Debbie Simpson's locked in. Are you locked in, Debbie? She's locked in. I'm so pumped. Who can't wait to hear Debbie speak? Where's Ivana? I'm after her this morning. She's not here. Who else have we got coming up, Renee? Katie Brown. She's wearing red this morning. Come on, Katie, hearing her story. Who else? Moira, oh my gosh, this woman is a total champion. I mean, I found out Moira was a missionary in the Solomon Islands and I was like, shut the gate, you are. 
incredible. What this woman has done for God is sensational. Actually, these three beautiful women, Moira, Hillary, um, Cheryl, such incredible woman. We're trying to get Penny. Where's Penny? I'm after all the girls today. She's here. She is. Oh, she's just quietly got a hand up. I'm after her, boy. She's got a story and a half of God's beauty. Welcome back to church, Monique. It's so great to have you back. We love you. Part of the destiny of this house. It's so wonderful. (laughs) Okay. I'm talking about spiritual clarity this morning. And, um, oh, that's my phone. See this, Luke Williams? He loves this. He specifically brought this pulpit and said it's very small and it's going to encourage you not to bring all your crap up, Sarah. And I said, well, good luck, mate. Anyway, John Piper said, if you do not feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory, what brings God glory? Redemption of God. It is not because you have drunk deeply and you're satisfied. No, my friend, it is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul, my soul, Our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. And like I said, the world is great at medicating, dulling things down, but we need to be hungry for the manifestation of the glory of God and nothing brings glory to God like the redemption of your heart and your mind. Inside of you today is the real truth of who you are. I look at my beautiful friend Marie here and we have, well, a relatively new friendship for 10 years. I'm almost 40, so I haven't known her for 30 years. And boy, did she get a lot done in 30 years. So I've come along at the end 10. And, um, but to get to know Marie is this. And, and she is specifically this for me. What is in your mind, Marie? What do you think? How do you think? What makes you tick? Because she's a real puzzle to me. She's not same, same as me. She's very different to me, which I love. But I really, to know her, it's not enough to see her. I have to get into her mind because that's who she is. So for all of us, there's all of this mystery. There's this very private part of who we are. And that's your mind and your heart. And the two are very connected. And what you think, your internal dialogue, is a really great reflection of where you're at and the redemption that you need. So I'm preaching at you this morning, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm wanting to preach into the inside of you, into your mind. I don't want this to be like a surface level message message because I know in your mind you're probably pretty messy or you're a guy and there's just not much going on. I mean, what wife or what girlfriend has never looked at their partner and said, what are you thinking, babe? (laughs) But I must admit, it's your men, it's your stability, and, not, and it's your ability to not overthink and things like that, that anchor many of us flamboyant women to the ground. Oh, my gosh. 
But I know that you do think too, and it, it is, you know. Um, <laughs> shh, shh. I was standing at a wedding recently with Paul Edwards, and he got a little um, window into my mind, didn't you? Because Mark was taking, this is Ted and Emma's wedding, you may not know this, but um, Mark was speaking, and I did this very loud cough, and it sounded like I was a mockery, like, <coughs> like you're saying that, <coughs> and I felt so embarrassed, I went red, and I turned around, and Paul was right there, and I said, oh no, Paul, and um, he just looked at me and smiled, gave me a pat on the back, so good. It's all good, Sarah. I don't, I, I don't think anyone noticed at all. <laughs> anyway, our mind is all go. And I can remember very clearly the day that my God started to deliver my mind and make me aware of the conversation. Now, I'm pretty sure for the majority of you, every day you're in a conversation between you and who? But it's all going on in here. You talking to who? You're either talking to the accuser who's accusing you of your worth. He's accusing you of your value. He's reminding you of your insufficiencies, blah, blah, blah. It's like he's got a manual to mock you and he reads it to you and you engage with it and it creates noise in your head. And that noise, it even gets to the point where it wearies your heart. It wearies you emotionally because you're always up for on the seat of judgment, you always feel like there's an attack on your life. God doesn't want you to live like that. He wants you to live free of that noise. And I'm here to tell you today, if we need spiritual clarity, we've got to declutter the noise inside of our mind. It's just constant. When we're working with people to bring heart healing, one of the key questions we ask them is, can you remember a time when you didn't think like this? And so what you do is you close your eyes and God shows you something that's happened in your life, but previously before you didn't struggle with that insecurity or that worry or that sense of abandonment or that sense of rejection. And then God goes on to heal from that moment in your life. He doesn't heal the 39-year-old Sarah that's before you today. Last time he healed the four-year-old Sarah in Sydney, D.Y., um, that's who he healed in that moment because that's when stuff got into my mind and the conversation of my identity, my value, and my worth started. So there's something about this childlike ability inside of us. And, you know, it's, it's quite hard to remember being a child, but you certainly don't remember what you were thinking, do you? Just all cast your eye back now to when you're like two, three, four, five. You're, you, you can't always remember the dialogue. You just remember life. You really clearly remember the pain. It's like a marker. It gets seared inside of your heart and your mind. And other than that, you probably remember ice creams and presents and, you know, um, special chocolate treats. Or i tell you what you will remember is moments of affirmation and approval. Like I remember driving through Napier, learning to read and reading a sign and about the dry cleaning and mum or dad, I can't even remember who it was, spun around and said, wow, you're so smart. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so smart. <laughs> 
insignificant, but affirmation and approval flowed into my life and I remembered it. In your Bibles, if you turn to Matthew, so we're talking about spiritual clarity today and we're talking about getting rid of the noise. And and today, my hope is that when you walk out of here from Monday to Wednesday, because most of you are coming back, PTL, praise the Lord, um, we're going to have the best day on Wednesday. There's like 140 people coming. I mean, poor Victoria, she said, because it's your birthday, I'll cook for everyone. But I think she was probably thinking about 50 or 60. And we're just blowing it out the park. There's going to be like 120 to 150 of us here, which is going to create a deep, 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 deep well. Um, Now, this is something I've done on Wednesday that I've never done before either, as I've brought you all tissues. Now, I'm normally not into that because, you know, I don't like crying. I'm not big on it. Um, but I just feel like God's going to just wreck some lives. And um, I found that when he wrecks my friend's life, he wrecks my life. I find when Laura Edwards gets prayed for, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so connected. Um, And especially when the men get prayed for, that's always, probably when I saw Ryan last get prayed for, I was like sobbing like a baby. And I was like, this is not even about me, but I feel so ministered to, like I just felt the affirmation. Anyway, don't bring tissues. Matthew 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, oh, hang on a minute. Yes, it is. Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them and said, truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. In Jewish culture, children were not as, you know, in our culture today, we really celebrate children where um, we, you know, as parents, we give a huge amount of our life for children. But in Jewish culture, um, they probably weren't as celebrated. Not that it was a negative thing, it was just culture. But you know what? I think today we might celebrate children, but we certainly don't celebrate the um, characteristics in their life that we think adults shouldn't have. Things like trust, full dependency. Children are desperately needy, incredibly confident to receive love. They function on emotion rather than reason. Children trust everybody else and anybody else for everything. They believe that they will be loved. They believe on their birthday they will get presents. They wake up on Christmas thinking you've spent all of this money. They love all of the attention being lavished upon them. They look you straight in the eye when you tell them you love them. They crawl into your bed at night even though you tell them to get out every night because you can't sleep. They're unafraid to return to the point. There's no rejection. There's always just an invitation 
and maybe today I'll get back in like every other day I have. They are incredibly confident, but as adults, we see this as weakness, to trust somebody implicitly. And the war on male and female, the war on feminism even, has elevated women to the point of being so independent they cannot trust their husband or live independent live independency that he will provide. Many people still running separate bank accounts, separate lives, separate decisions, all so this one word can exist over our life and it's called control. Because what if I give the control and it doesn't turn out like I want it to turn out? Jesus very clearly says, we have to come into the kingdom of God lowly like a child. We have to come in and throw all of our trust, all of our vulnerability, all of our dependence. And I'm telling you, when you do this, you have to listen to the voice of the Father, craft who you are. Because you are no longer your source, your provision. You're no longer in the seat of control. You're no longer the judge over your life to to decide whether or not you've done good enough. When you take all of that out and you're left vulnerable and independency, trusting, you have to listen to what the voice of the Father says. He says He made you and He says He'll show you who He's created you to be. When you begin to understand that, You stop having this stupid conversation with the accuser who's constantly telling you lies, constantly dulling you down, binding you up, constantly changing your identity to be nothingness. He just wants you to blend. He like just wants your life to be beige. He doesn't want you to stand out. He wants you to suffer. He wants you below the poverty line so you can never dream. He wants you bound up with sickness so you can never believe that you could do anything. But God says we're more than our bank account. We're more than our physical abilities. And I'm not here to tell you today you may change it. But even if we're not earning heaps, even if we're sick, even if all of these things remain, He will still use our life in the most powerfully significant way for His glory. And although our physical outworking may not change, the good news is your heart will live in redemption. Your heart will live in freedom. And you will feel so liberated when your mind gets free of all of the lies and you just start agreeing with the truth. You start to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And oh, He has so much to say. Don't feed the lies, feed the truth. Listen, it takes time. It actually takes months, sometimes it takes years. This is not an overnight thing. It takes time. Sometimes God does a radical transformation. And, and my mum's story, my, you know, my and my lineage, the story of my life is found in my mother. And she's had both. She's had both supernatural deliverance. I mean, she... she got supernaturally delivered of her drug addiction 
on baptism. Woke up, got high for the next five or seven days and realized, oh my gosh, I don't actually crave this anymore. But yet, supernatural, but still other things have taken years of working, years of working. But you know, those years of working out are my guidebook. Those years of working out have been my gift as her daughter and as her child. She's showing me, this is what I used to think, but this is what I now think. This is what I used to live in, but this is what I now live in. See that pain that you feel as you look over my life. I don't feel that pain because Jesus has healed me. It takes time. But this one thing you need, you've got to have a mother and a father. You've got to have someone to work this out with. You can't work this out on your own. See all of this that's going on. You know how I said it's so private, it's so intimate, it's so only you know what's going on. I, I can't look at you and see into your mind. I don't know what narrative you're following. I don't know what lies you're believing. But as you invite me into your life or you invite a father or, an, or a spiritual mother into your life and you start to be vulnerable and put these lies out for what they are, we can help you replace them with truth. We can help build the narrative of your life to truly reflect your value and your worth. But you've got to be like a little child. You know, it says that we are born again. That means when we come into the kingdom, no matter what age, we come in as a baby, just knowing nothing, man. Just knowing that God's real and that's got us in and that's reborn. We're reborn. Our spirit wakes up. And so we've got to give ourselves a break. If you've been married, I mean married, if you've been saved six years, like it's okay you don't know anything. You're like a six-year-old. You're just starting to figure things out. Maybe you're in your 20s as a believer. My dad, he always has two birthdays. He makes such a big deal about it, <laughs> which I love because he was born once of his mother, but he was also born of Christ. And the day he was born of Christ was the day he began to discover who he was. We all have two birthdays. So give yourself a break. You still need mothering and fathering. You, you never grow out of needing a mother. You never grow out of needing a father. But to all you mothers and fathers out there, come on, Mike and Penny. Penny, I had a word, a vision of you this morning, and I saw this beautiful white dove flowing, flapping. It was huge around your life, and it had an olive branch in its mouth, meaning peace. And as it moved, the Holy Spirit was creating, you know, as its wings flapped, the Holy Spirit was creating this beautiful movement, the wind of the Holy Spirit around your life. And I said, Father, what does this mean? And I was taken back to the story of Noah in the boat and how he was releasing the raven every day, I think it was, to, to go and find land to settle on. But it kept coming back and it kept coming back because there was no land. And I feel like you've been floating in a sea of um, goodness and it's God, but you keep sending out these things to make peace and to make restoration and to make um, the new 
new part of your life, this new era, this new season of your life, but it, it's like it can't get traction. It's like the, the dove keeps flying back. But I felt like God is saying, that dove that's around your life, it's going to start to go out and settle and you're going to find peace restoring a whole lot of things that are really dear to your heart. And in this next season of your life, New home is going to be made. New family is going to be made. New memories is going to be made. All of that is going to settle and get some traction. But this woman is a great mother. Mike is a great father. We've got the cows here. If you've ever had ministry from the cows, I know Briley has, and I asked Briley to tell me everything when she comes back, and she tells me a little bit, because it's just so good, and it's so rich, and, um, but these guys are great parents, sensational parents, Cheryl, Moira, and Hillary, great mothers, great mothers, great mothers, and there's a, um, there's a beautiful, there's a whole bunch of you here today that are great mothers and great fathers, and you need to get these ones that have been newly saved, the ones that are under 10 years old. You need to help teach them the ways and keep them fired up. Keep them, let their mind transform. It says in Romans 8 as I'm closing. I love Romans. Romans is like therapy. It's like honestly like a therapy session. (laughs) You read this and it's like, especially if you read it with the Holy Spirit, who is the counsellor, our greatest friend, Man, he just starts working in your life. (laughs) Says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That might not be Romans 8. Is that Romans 8? No. Is it Romans 5? Honestly, it's embarrassing. Romans 12. Oh, there we go. Jenny, thank you. It's on the screen. (laughs) Who else reads their Bible but knows where nothing is? Okay, it's definitely a girl thing. (laughs) Maybe it's baby brain. Maybe it's all sorts of things. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Listen, but be transformed. Be redeemed. Live redemption by the renewing of your mind. It's where everything takes place, people. It's inside, between your ears, everything is going on. By the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and His perfect will. Spiritual clarity will come when your mind has no noise and you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it is intoxicating when you get freedom in there. I I can remember it so clearly. I remember this day I was dropping the kids off to school. We'd just come back about a year and a half after being in Sydney. And I was walking into the classroom and I just, this assault happened on my mind. Who do you think you are walking in like that? Everyone's going to laugh at you in those white boots. They're so impractical. Why are you wearing those to the school drop-off? Oh, Sarah, you're so OTT. You should go home and get changed before you go on and drop your kids off. Like just on me, this thing. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, yeah, these boots are out the gate. What am I doing? Oh, my God, everyone probably looks at me at school drop-off and thinks, what a dick. Maybe I should go home. So I'm actually conversing with this thing, and I'm like, 
I'm thinking what all these, I'm trying, I'm assuming what all these people are thinking because this voice of doubt and this voice of insecurity. But honestly, I was getting ready at home just feeling awesome. I was like, yeah, I've got a husband who loves me. I'm, you know, blessed. I've got white boots. I'm going to wear them today. You know, just whatever, just in la la, just normal life. I know guys can't relate to this. But then I remember waking up and being like, what am I doing? This is crazy. Get out. And all of a sudden, this thing just left. And I just found freedom, just walked in. And now I I don't ever think that anywhere. Well, sometimes I do. Every now and then I think that green dress is a bit much, Sarah. (laughs) Jeez. God made the rainbow for the sky. Anyway. But all of a sudden, gone, it's gone, it's gone. Then this other one, you know, I talked to you about getting baptized and how I'd got abused. Fear was one of the great conversations in my mind. And I've been to drop our kids at places before and I've left and I'm crying because I'm so afraid they're going to get abused. It's, It's ridiculous. It's out the gate. These are like good people, you know. And Mark's sitting beside me and he's like, babe, it's okay, like it just trust me, it's okay. But it's so real for me and I can't control my mind and my mind's connected to my heart and I'm crying and I'm crying and it's just intense. There's no peace and there's no voice to the Holy Spirit. There's just a voice of pain. But when I, let, when I realize what's going on, this is not real. This is the voice of the enemy looking back over my life to a time when I was hurt and he's picking up the dagger again and he's stabbing my heart with pain, with pain, with pain. And I'm agreeing, I'm in fear, I'm worried, I'm crying. I'm thinking we need to get, we can't live and let our kids stay anywhere. I mean, this is what I'm like. I'm fanatic. I'm crazy. Can't let our kids stay anywhere. Wake up at night when they are. Oh my God, what's happening with our kids? I'm freaking out. It's all in here. Would you ever know I went through that? You don't, we don't know what, it's all in here. But then all of a sudden when I realize it's just the voice of fear, then I can start to disagree with it and I start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you know what He says to me? I will be with her and I'll protect her. Her days are ordered by me. I am her guide and I am her guard. So I just pray. I just pray over her. I thank God that she is an angel that protects her and never leaves her nor forsakes her. And peace floods my heart. Peace floods my heart for my child and peace floods my heart for that moment so many years ago when I felt life was unsafe. But I learned again afresh today. God is full of peace. He'll heal. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.